episode 54 of The Platformers, a show about nerd culture with three best friends that barely know each other. I'm your host, Brian Barnett. I'm Chris Shriver. And Marty is out again this week, so it is just two best friends that barely know each other. But mm. we're going to have a good time talking about a whole lot of stuff. We're going to talk about uh, Persona. We're going to talk about Splatoon. We're going to talk about comic books. We're going to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. So first, Chris, what have you been? What have you been up to so, since last time I saw you? I uh, Your beautiful face. Stop! I Shuck. can't stop. You're goodness. so precious. Oh my goodness! So I, uh, on a whim, I, I don't know. I, I it caught me like, I think it, it must have been the end of last week. Pyre came out on PS4. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to this. So it got like a 9.7 on IGN, and yeah, I saw that. I think it was the day before. It came out. I saw it on PSN for like it was like on sale for like four bucks off or something. Um, so it was like sixteen or seventeen bucks, and I was like, you know what? I'll try this out. Like it, this style looks beautiful. I had no idea what the gameplay was at all, but I saw the number and I was like, you know what? I'll, yes, I'll pick. Super it up. Giant Games is just like what is Bastion it, Transistor was, and Bastion. Yeah, Bastion yeah. was cool. I really enjoyed the game. Like I liked the gameplay, but it just it wasn't exactly what I wanted. And then Transistor came out, and I was like, "Oh my god, you guys! <laughs> the style is absolutely through the roof." I didn't uh, know I could. The voice acting was so good, like, and it, it was I don't know. It had, it got that like strategic combat that I love, like that sweet loop. I, I tried playing that one winter. Um, it was like. We got snowed in at one point, and it was like I played that and the Order 1886, and I'd beaten the Order. <laughs> and I went to play Transistor, and it just, like, never grabbed me, and I never went back. But, like, oh, I know it's man. one of those games that I, everyone that has played it is like, you have to try that game. Like, give it another shot, because it, it looks gorgeous. And it, like, you can it's tell, I can tell the there's something there. one of best-looking games ever. Like, yeah. I just, I, I love, whoever does their art is just a master. Empire is like no exception. Like, yeah, it's for on PS4 Pro. It runs at 4K 60 frames a second. I mean, granted, there's not a lot going on, but like, it was one of those things where I there were so many moments while I played it where I stopped and looked and was like, my god, um, it's just it's gorgeous to look at. Um, so I've heard it's basically a religious basketball visual novel. Yeah, like, (laughs) and I didn't. I I'm again. I had no idea what this game was. Um. When I turned it on, it starts out, the voice acting in it is so bizarre. Like, so there's three characters that you kind of, like, squad up with. Basically, you're, like, this wanderer that they find in, like, their caravan while they're going across whatever desert they're on. And you find out you've been banished. this isn't spoilers. Like, it's the first, like, five minutes of the game. You find out you've been banished from, um, you know, this city or something. And you need to complete these tasks um, so you can, like, be allowed back into the city, basically. Um, or at least that's what I gathered. I played very late last night, so I may not have understood it entirely. <laughs> but um, the the artwork of the characters is very cool. It's very, like, um, it reminds me almost, like, of the 19, like, 80s, 1990s, like, Metallica and Iron Maiden, like, um, album art. Like, the characters on those. Um, nice. So like kind of like Banner Saga or something. Yeah, like very gothic looking. Um, yeah, yeah, very very similar to Banner Saga. Not as flat. Um, Almost you know. like the the old Bluth Disney movies or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. 
Where it's like very grainy, kind of like um, sword in the stone. Yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, that yeah. style. Um, they have their own little language of their own. Like you see the text at the bottom, but like it's this interesting like gibberish kind of thing that's going on. But then when you get into the actual game itself, like of Pyre, like the gameplay aspect of it, um, it is. It's like a basketball kind of almost like an I don't want to say like an NBA jam, but like <laughs> I didn't. When you start out this game, I'm like, what nerdy RPG shit did I just sign up for that this is going to like, you know, I'm going to have to get a notebook and keep track of all the stupid stats I have. Not that game at all. Um, you basically have three characters on your squad. Um, there's no multiplayer as far as I know. I think it's just single player. Um, and That's interesting. You have to pick up the pyre, which is this orb. Or no, I'm sorry. You have to pick up this orb in the middle of the map and transfer it from the center of the map or wherever it is to your opponent's pyre, which is like their fire area. Yeah. Um, and if you... Depending on how that orb gets in there, um, you get a certain amount of points. So you can throw it, you can run directly into the fire with it, um, the pyre with it, and um, you know, however, whatever skills you use to get it in there, that determines how many points you get. And once you do that enough times, um, your opponent's score will go down each time, and then once they hit zero, you obviously win. Um, what makes it interesting is one of the easiest ways you can get the ball or the orb into the pyre is there's a very small character. I don't know any of their names, but there's a smaller character that can run really quickly. And if you grab it and like kind of bum rush right in there um, and jump into the pyre, um, you can rank up a lot of points that way. But every time somebody directly comes in contact with your enemy's pyre, they have to sit out the next game so like you could be three on three score one and then the next match you're two on three so you're down a person dang okay so you can't because i was just gonna ask like do they set themselves on fire or something like do they they self-immolate accidentally yeah they're just like they're gone for the next round so like you have to figure out okay do i have to use there's like a bigger stronger guy but he moves really slowly um you know, and figure out how he plays or she plays and, uh, you know, figure your way around the map with them. So it, it's a lot more like I, I had this moment where I paused the game and I looked at Jess. I was like, I have never played a game like this in my life. And it like, it was exciting because I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I, it, it's not what I thought it was at all. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily going to keep its hooks in me and that I'm really going to get attached to it by any means. Um, but it was really refreshing playing this game that like, I know for a fact I have never seen a game just like it out there. Yeah. I, uh, I felt the same way. And this is the second time I've mentioned this game, this episode, but, uh, that's the same way I felt about banner saga. When I played it, I was like, wow, this is like nothing I have ever played before. Yeah. And those moments are rare anymore. They are. They really, really are because it's a safe bet to go with a proven formula. Yeah. Not to branch out and not to try something new and not to potentially fail and have it blow up in your face. But there are some really beautiful one-offs that exist in the gaming world 
and I wish that people took chances more often. I'm a lot of it too I, is like it's a it's a financial risk for absolutely. a lot of these companies, absolutely. and at least you know Supermassive kind of proven that not only are they capable of making really good games, but they sell well and they have like they now have this kind of cult following where when Bastion got re-released on PS4 and Xbox One people lost their shit and yeah. a ton of people picked it back up again absolutely um, so there's there's a tremendous respect for that studio and the fact that they are talented enough and and able to come out and be like hey I'm going to we're, we're going to make this game that's not like anything else that's out there like pretty fucking awesome in 2017 that people can still do that yeah, and let me tell you, if Transistor comes to Switch, I will be buying it day one. There's no I way. I will be playing it again. I thought, is Supermassive first party or no? They're not first party. Actually, no, I guess it's not because Bastion's on Xbox. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you get what I'm saying. They've no, I do. Super, super, is it super, is it super massive or super giant? Maybe it's super giant. I think if it's it is, super I, giant. Yeah, super massive. I'm sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Supermassive did um until dawn. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm I'm getting that mixed up with. Super giant games. Super giant games. And between I, uh, super and giant, they got that little that little Christmas that, star. That, yeah. Hanging down. Yeah, they're great. They're that's fantastic. That's my bad. It's late when they we're have, recording this. Yeah, it is very late. It is <laughs> it is roughly three hours later than we usually record. Yeah. Uh so keep that in mind if we start to fall asleep in the middle of the show. <laughs> uh, we'll do our best to stay awake for you. They, they've kind of, I feel like they started with the game that's most similar to other games. What, Bastion? Um, yeah. Bastion is the game that, like, you can find, you can find a good number of games that are very similar to it. Mm -hmm. The ways in which it differentiates itself are the way that the narrative is delivered by the, you know, the narrator. Um, yeah. The fact that he narrates everything that you do and different things like that. The way that the world is created. Um, and I feel like they've, they've kind of... They started at a pretty normal kind of centrist gaming location, top-down isometric, kind of Diablo, Diablo two-style brawler. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they just took a little bit of a right turn with an isometric like strategy-based weird action kind of tactical game, and now they're just freaking way over in left field. Yeah, yeah. With their with their crazy you know, basketball RPG. I think what's interesting about, if you look at the progression from Bastion to Pyre, like, they, when I think of Bastion, the first, I don't know, like, and it's me, obviously, but the first thing I think about is the music um, in that game. Like, it, Yeah. It, I have a playlist on Spotify kind of the, that has, like, 2,000 followers, which, like, I didn't know about for, like, three years. It's, like, I call it, like, working, studying, or, or working video game music or something. And um, every time it gets to the bastion soundtrack i'm just so happy like because it's one of the few ones that at the second you hear anything from it like you just are immediately like if you've played bastion you're just transported back into that game like in your head yeah um and i think the, with the guitars like the acoustic guitars and all that sort well, of stuff and it's just like i never i've never heard a soundtrack in my life that you could be like what is a steampunk sound this. And you can just put like, this. Yeah. It's this whole fucking thing. Just listen to it. It's amazing. Um, but then you listen to Pyre, at least what I've heard so far, and there really isn't anything memorable about it. Um, 
So, Interesting. Like rather than like the art style itself is, um, you know, very akin to everything else that they have delivered, you know, th- from their studio, but. Um, I find it interesting that like this is the game that when I'm playing it, I'm like they focused so hard on just the raw gameplay elements, and I haven't played Transistor, you know, real in depth uh, other than that one afternoon. But um, yeah. it's interesting to see that transition of like where did their focus lie? Was it the atmosphere? Like Bastion, you do have the narrator, you have you know, you have all these things, but Pyre it it is so centralized around this little um, space that you're working in. If, if Bastion is kind of a more generalized kind of jack of all trades, master of none, and Pyre is this uber focused gameplay over everything um, kind of game, which I haven't played it, so I can't really speak to that. Yeah. Just based off of what you said then I would say that Transistor is kind of where they perfectly fuse everything in the middle because yeah. it's, Transistor has such an interesting world and uh, and the characters are also interesting and what's happening with them is interesting. Um, I know that's super vague, but without getting into spoilers, there's not a whole lot that I can say. The main character is... is I don't know, I found her sympathetic and the music is good. I... The, the problem is I can't remember it because it's been long enough ago. Well, I mean, it's what, three years probably. I, I played yeah. it in my old apartment. Yeah, it's been it's been long enough that I've played it, and also all I can remember are the singing bits. Mm. But maybe I'm just remembering it, you know, in a particular way. I don't know. But um, I, I feel like they really nailed a lot of it because the gameplay is still super tight in Transistor. Oh and yeah, it is it and is not not what it know, is. That's not knocking. Transistor or Bastion at all, but like, for sure. When I in the forty minutes I played of Pyre, like that was the thing that I took away from it was like, holy crap! Like they definitely this was their bread and butter. This was their focus was the gameplay yeah. elements itself. Nice. So, uh, so would you recommend it? Yeah, um, especially if you're a fan of that studio um, and just like weird indie games in general. Um, I'm definitely going to go back to it and keep playing it. Um, I think the most important thing, and um, Andrea Renee said it on Kind of Funny Games Daily, if you're going to play it, give yourself like a half hour to, and, and you'll, you'll get what this game is. Because um, at first, it just seems like this text adventure game because you're just, they're setting up the world. Um, you don't really know what's going on. It's kind of confusing. All the characters look really weird, and you're like, what the hell did I just buy? Um, yeah. And then once you really get into what the game is, it's like, oh, wow, there, there's a lot here. Um, and the more the more you learn how to play, um, the more you get out of it, it seems like. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm probably going to get that after, uh, after the next couple of games that I'm working on. Uh, I spent a lot of time this week... Uh, diving into season 11 of Diablo 3 and playing more of the Necromancer. Um, what is, what's in this one? What, what's in what one? In season 11. Season 11 is the first season where the Necromancer gets a bonus. Okay. Because the Necromancer just came out. So if you're not familiar with the Diablo 3 seasons, basically what it is is every couple of months um, they 
scrap all of the characters that are in there, transfer all the loot to the, you know, to the people that have them, and they start everybody over from scratch. And if you start a new character, a seasonal character, you can't get the benefits of any of the money that you have in the regular game. You can't get the benefits of, you know, your leveled up blacksmith or jewel crafter or, you know, enchantress or any of those things that you have. You start absolutely from scratch, no money, no nothing. Uh, and you create a character, and if you get it through what's called the season's journey, you get a full set of legendary set gear for that class. Gotcha. Um, so this one, um, for this is the first time the Necromancer was available. So of course there were tons of them everywhere, and of course, no exception, I myself made a Necromancer naturally uh, because I played a Necromancer as my character in Diablo two. And uh, and I've kind of made my way as a witch doctor in Diablo three. Um, up to this point, that has been my favorite class. But with the necromancer coming back, I'm like, well, I want to give this a fair shake. Let me get some good set army armor. Uh, let me see what the playstyle is like at a high level, and see if I'm gonna go back to the necromancer if I'm gonna stay with the witch doctor. And right. uh, and it was hard, but I have to say, like they they got me back. <laughs> like, it's it's really really good. Um, having just like five or six skeletons walk around with me being able to summon giant uh, like, giant like skeletal mages that just one shot people <laughs> with massive amounts of damage um, and you know being able to summon bone armor and like you know, there's just a lot of cool stuff they've got corpse explosion back oh wow so if you, so if you want to you know if you want to do that there are also like a bunch of different abilities like there's a rune you can put on your skeletal mage so that when he dies he leaves a body and then you can blow that up and then there's the there's a flesh golem that you can summon and you can on command turn him into a pile of like six bodies and it's not just corpse explosion but there's also an ability called consume which is the one that i use uh where it actually gives you essence back where you can use that to fuel your spells so there's there's a really cool kind of playstyle that you can get into and the set um really plays into that the set that they give you is rathma's set and it basically makes it so that your skeletons and your mages kind of play off of each other. So the more mages you have summoned, the more damage your skeletons do. Mm. And then there's a set that I got with a with a, a scythe and a shield, um, both made out of bones, appropriately enough, um, that made it so that while my skeletons are attacking people, my mages do way more damage. So it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of synergy going on, which is something that I really like. Um, and I was able to ascend through the, the difficulty levels really, really quickly once I got that set. So that's a lot of fun. I'm pretty much settled on on, uh, on playing Necromancer from here on out, but what's up? So a friend of mine um, at uh, the place I was working, my brother-in-law's company, the place I was working at for a little bit, uh, Tyler, was telling me, we were getting into it about people that, like you, that play a lot and this isn't this is going to sound like I'm trying to come at you about destiny but I he made a good point it seems like Diablo anytime they come out with a, a season update like this they're not adding new levels or anything right like you're going through the same campaign just like over and over again isn't that pretty much how it works? Uh, well, no, I don't play through the campaign. Okay. They have because they have they have campaign and they have challenge mode. Okay. Uh, what, what does challenge mode consist of? Basically, a, in what challenge a mode? Nutshell. Challenge mode opens up the entirety of the map. 
Okay. And it spawns um, individual quests that you can do in in specific zones. Okay. And when you complete each of those um, in that given... So, like, for example, in Act 1, like, there will be five things that you can go around and do. Okay. And if you do each of those five things, you'll get particular rewards. If you go back to the main uh, city of that act, after you did all of those things, you'll get a chest. And the chest has a chance for, like, legendary items and different stuff like that. Gotcha. So it's all about making... It's all about making the grind for loot more fun. Okay. Um, because at, well, I guess what I, what I find interesting about people that, like, still play Diablo like pretty consistently um like it's their you know I come home from work and I play Diablo I make dinner and I play Diablo and I go to bed um I'm definitely not that type but, like, of but there are people like that out there is what I'm for trying sure to say. absolutely there are people that play Diablo constantly and right it's their go-to game so I guess what my point is is like if one's gonna one person's gonna ship on the other for playing the other game so like if, <laughs> like Diablo like what is it Diablo yeah. players could have against Destiny players and vice versa, because to me, at the end of the day, they're all just trying to get better loot, or they're trying to up their character, yes, get better gear. Um, but the, the the well, hold on, that okay. and who, in your opinion, who would you say does a better job of it, like long term? Would you say Diablo has like no a, contest a better playing field, or that Destiny yes. does in that you have bounties, you have the missions that you can run. Um, Bega- they have the, how the, many expansions now? The the thing. Let me just go ahead and say, I absolutely understand what he was saying. Yeah. the 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 difference for me between the two has to be which combat loop you find more satisfying. There are people who live and die by first person shooters. Those people are gonna want to go with Destiny. And that's yeah. And there are people who like action RPGs, and those people are absolutely going to go Diablo but not 3. Even, and, what and they not even, do... No, go for it. No, I was going to say, not even going like that surface level of it. I'm just saying in the way that the game presents the challenges to you and the rewards that you get in return. I, I will say Diablo, I don't think it's close. I think Diablo does it way better than Destiny. Okay. And there, there are a couple of reasons for that. One... Um, Destiny doesn't have difficulty settings. Um, yeah. Diablo has a ton of difficulty settings. So if you feel like a boss is really meat spongy, you just lower it down one level. Right. And then it doesn't feel like that anymore. And you can tear through things or you can really try to just grit your teeth and really get in there and try to beat something that's really difficult. Um, and... Diablo is also way more generous with the gear that you get, um, and there are yeah, way more ways to do it. Yeah, like I've so, always, like you whenever can, you can, I, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say you can buy loot, you can get it from drops, which is where you're gonna get most of everything. Mm-hmm. You can gamble for it um, with a very generous blood shard, you know, currency that they give you based on the different types of things that you do. Um, you can also craft stuff, right? Which there's a lot of there's a lot of of those systems that just don't exist in destiny or um it's it's in different ways like you you break down items and then well not even because you need to have uh what is it the vanguard yeah exactly yeah yeah or you know whatever 
Crucible or, so, or whatever. So whereas where Destiny has, has kind of simplified it down to like, okay, well, your legendary marks, you can use those for everything. Or your, your Crucible marks, you can use those for everything. Right. Diablo has a lot of different systems, and you can use them all. And you can use them all pretty regularly. Yeah. So, like, for example, you can get legendaries from drops. You can get, get blood shards from finishing Nephilim Rifts and gamble them to Kadala for a specific gear slot that you want. Do you think you, that's a result of who they... They assume that... I'm assuming this is what the talk is. The general consumer, quote-unquote, is more likely to play Destiny than play Diablo because to me Diablo has always been a pretty Diablo can be as hardcore as you want it to be you can go as in depth yeah. with like but it's also it's, pretty approachable right like yeah. it is you know there's something there for everyone whereas Destiny I feel like it is more I don't want to say vanilla but more like and it's more like elementary in the I guess RPG stat element side of things for sure but as far as the gameplay i definitely think destiny is more challenging oh absolutely uh because you know it's a it's a twin stick you know not not a twin stick shooter but like you have to use both sticks like and people who are not like there are gamers for which that is a complete turnoff and they're not well that i mean able to do that you know yeah even the raids like some yeah they're, and they're I've really never hard finished vault of glass yeah <laughs> yeah and I, and I and i finished i finished vault of glass i finished you know the Court of Oryx, I finished all those things, and they're yeah. they're hard. Yeah, um, they're fun when they work well, but they're hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I feel like he just present. I, I you know it got me thinking on my at the time. Yeah, I, two hour yeah, drive I get home. It. I get it. It's uh, it's an it's an interesting question. Um, I I feel like there's a lot that Destiny could learn from Diablo, but I'm not sure that they would want to that's yeah and that's kind of the because i feel like bungie just kind of wants to do what they want to do and especially that they're teamed up with activision and stuff like that i do think it's interesting that that's going to end up on BattleNet. <laughs> like yeah that we're is having weird. this conversation now destiny 2 is going to be right next to diablo 3 on my BattleNet launcher especially because alphabetically that's just how that goes yeah yeah uh but yeah it's it's interesting um, and, and I'm definitely not somebody who plays Diablo 3 all the time, but I do find it fun to go back. Um, just the, I don't know, it's fun running around a map and just having the big ting when a legendary drops. You know, oh, yeah. It just has this giant beam shining up into the night, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, what is this? And, and another and, thing that I that I wanted to say is, like, the the ways that that the legendaries work together in Diablo is always fun. It's always fun to figure out. That's, that's something that Diablo... Uh, has over Destiny, I think, the systems of the different legend. Like, so, like, I got my set bonus, and it's like, well, that's a great set bonus for the set that they just gave me. But then I also got another set that I used as my weapon and offhand, and that synergized with the legendaries that I already had. Right. And then I can get a ring that synergizes with those, and it just the power just keeps ramping up. And Destiny, and a lot of other games that deal with loot, keep the player in check by not offering as many things. Like, you can only have one exotic equipped. But, like, if you could equip exotics in every slot, like, it would get crazy. Yeah. And and that sort of craziness is what I kind of crave in these sorts of games. Um, the god mode, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, you know, even though there are fairly similar seeds, um, Diablo 3 is, you know, randomly generated. Yeah. And that does a lot. Um, Dia- Destiny's levels are never going to be that way just because of the way... 
that genre works. Um, and because, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to, to get anywhere if your nightfall was completely unpredictable and which boss you were going to get or which route you were going to go through and different things like that. But yeah, it, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, that's my thought. I dropped my, did phone. you, sorry, there we go. I need to, I, I don't know. I don't know. I need to, I need to play that, uh, that destiny open beta when it comes to PC. I, I think I told you what I, what I'm, I'm yeah. like 90% sure what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell the special edition for more than I paid and then buy it on PC and PS4. I didn't hear the thing about you selling the special edition. <laughs> yeah. So I got, cause I'm a gamers club unlock member. I got the $250 collector's edition for $200 I can't believe you. <laughs> because it's 20% off. Yeah. So I think I'm going to sell it on eBay for like, like 300 bucks for like 300, 400 bucks, however much it's going for. Yeah. And then just get my game for free and make a profit. Because I'm an asshole. But whatever. Supply and demand. Supply and demand, <laughs> Philbert. Supply and demand. I'll gladly trade somebody for a ghost from the Destiny 1 uh, launch day collector's edition that I never got. That I'm pretty yeah. sure Josh has and I want. Of course he does. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Jerk. Josh, if you have that, hit us up. Because <laughs> we want it. I'll settle for a ghost pillow. A ghost pillow? Have you seen those? They're on they're on like Etsy. They have all the little they have all the sides. They're so cute. That would never go in my apartment though. No. Jess Vesey's not a fan. Anyway. I yeah, I can't imagine why not. <laughs> She's like, oh I can't play first person shooters. I'm like, oh well here's one that is amazing, but Alright, that's fine. No Halo either? Okay. That's fine. That that's that really sucks because let me tell you, <laughs> one of my favorite moments playing through all those games with Audrey. That was awesome. <sighs> She's like, I can't play, I can't play first person shooters. I can't do the second stick. I can only play, uh, what was it? Uh, I can only play Goldeneye. That's, that was, was always like, the uh, excuse for years. Yep. It was like, I play Goldeneye. It's like, yeah. Forget the C buttons. This is better. Yes, yes, it's so much better. It's yeah. way better. And once you get used to it, it's totally fine. And then yeah. she got used to it, and it was awesome. Jess she is, played uh, Halo 5 by herself. Wow. Because there's no co-op. Yeah. No, whenever Ugh. we visit Jess's sister in Virginia, um, they only, they have a Xbox 360, and we always do Firefight on Halo Reach. It's, like, the only thing they play, her and her husband. But, like, they love when I come down because they're like, oh, we can get to, like, whatever level. <laughs> I'm like, sure, nice. it's fine. Yeah. Man, Firefight. It's so good. <sighs> really good. The other night... No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's probably the best version of that sort of a thing, like Horde mode, that's ever been. So, I'm missing one trophy on ODST on 360, and it's like one firefight map that all my friends were like, yeah, we're going to do this together. And then at one point, I was like, guys, I have to poop. Wait for me. And then they (laughs) played it without me and got it. And then uh, I just, they never played it again. I'm the only person out of my friends that doesn't have that achievement. Well, my friend, I don't have that achievement. <laughs> I'm there for you. I appreciate that. We can hook that up. Yeah. So that'd be I, weird to go back to. That would be. It probably look like crap. It'd make me sad. It it does. I'm sure. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it does. The remake's not bad. No, it's not. It's oh. really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's way better than I remember. I remember being turned off to it very, very early. 
like no, wait, did you like, like ODST level or two? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, when I played through it with Audrey and Co-op and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, this is actually pretty good. I like loved it, like like way more than I probably should have. Um, I love the the machine gun that they gave you. It was like that weird SMG that was like scoped. Yeah. The weird thing is that when I first played them, I really liked. I thought Reach was way, way, way better than ODST. Like it wasn't even close. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and in hindsight, ODST is still playable, and Reach is just what not really. It's 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 the it's the controls of it. It's the mechanics of it. It just it doesn't control the way that the other ones do now. Um. Yeah, but I don't like, care for Halo Five. Like that's the thing. Like I didn't. No, care I'm not much even saying that. I'm saying like five. even like even like one or two, to... even like one, two, three. Like Reach is just a weird. Like you can't customize your controls. Like it just has this particular way that it's laid out, and it just. I was just running around like shooting the sky and stuff like that. I was like, this is not great. I had there was a point I had like four copies of that game. What? Yeah. What are you doing with your life? Chris? No, like Microsoft had this thing where they were testing out on 360 dual layer DVDs because their games were getting too big, and I think Reach was the one of the ones that they were testing with. And you can go on this website, and they were like, "If you're interested in trying out this project, let us know. Give us your email and mailing address and all that." But the game that they picked was Halo Reach, so it was like. It looked like a copy of Halo Reach that somebody had burned on, like, a DVD that they made. Except it was official. It was official from Microsoft, and it was, like, not available for resale. Official license, Microsoft, blah, blah, blah. Halo Reach. But, like, it was just printed in, like, impact on the disc. And I had, like, three of them for some reason. I don't know what happened. I think I gave them away. Why did you have three of them? I think I just, like, signed up with different emails, and they just kept sending them to me. Because I was a weirdo. But... You're like, hey, I can get multiple copies and give them to my friends. I, yeah, I can resell them. That now I get money. all the achievements. No, no. I'm going to make a new account so I can get more achievements. Nerd. Yeah. So this past weekend, um, I played... I was sad, Brian. I yes. hit you up on Sunday morning, and you did not come to my beck and call. And I understand I... you were probably at church. Yes, I was making money. <sighs> I played Splatoon for, like, five hours on Sunday. And here's the thing. I really wanted to do that. <laughs> because I still have it. Like, I've played, I've played like, three matches, and all of them finish, like, 40-60. So I feel like I'm the weak link, and I'm the reason why my team is losing. I think part of the... Well, so Splatoon 2, for those of you who have not played, especially multiplayer... Um, you spread your lovely paint across the map and, you know, you could have two different colors on each team. One could be blue, one could be purple. And then whoever has more of their map covered in turf war is what it's called wins. And they show you the certain percentage at the end of the map and all that's good and all that. Um, the thing with Splatoon and turf war in general, you need to find what weapon works best for you. And, and I only have one weapon. <laughs> Personally, I don't stray away from that. Um, campaign is like the perfect place to start because you so get. Should access I do the campaign it. first? I would honestly, like if it's your first time playing. Like I played Splatoon one, and I 
I know I'm okay with the roller, but I knew immediately I was like, Ness 85 Zapper. Like, that's the gun that I use. It's like a quick burst, short range, um, pistol, machine gun kind of thing. Um, okay. And I know that they're, most of the other weapons, I'm just like, I- I'm terrible with them. I don't want to use them. Um, get them out of here. Campaign at least gives you the opportunity that you can try everything out and see what works best for you. I don't know anybody who's good with a sniper because who in their right mind wants to snipe in Splatoon? It makes zero sense. Um, yeah, the game do doesn't, anyway. con- doesn't particularly... I was a little bit perturbed with the kind of looseness of the controls and the lack of precision, but I was like, oh, it's kind of a game about just shooting everywhere. Well, like, that's so the thing. Like, it really doesn't matter. If you're really terrible at aiming, it's kind of it's the kind most of appealing game that you could play. The reason being, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, If you're head-to-head against somebody in a um, turf war and you're trying to take them down, like obviously aiming helps because they're going yeah. to kill you. But bottom line is, if you can spread your paint everywhere that you want to go, that's okay because that's the point of turf war. <laughs> like, yeah, you're supposed to aim poorly and just shoot everything. Yeah. Now I will say that I feel like I'm typically good at these sorts of games and aiming at other people. I lost literally every one-on-one fight. Are you playing with motion I, controls or no? No. Okay. I watched a. Uh, Absolutely not. That Alex from Nintendo Life, like to me. him and this other guy who's like a pro Splatoon player, like made this video and they were like, "If you're not playing Splatoon Two with motion controls, you're not playing Splatoon Two. Like you're you're a peon if you play with dual sticks." Uh, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I get it. I get it. Like it's it's. More I would probably precise, be better but, if I did it with motion controls, but yeah, it's such a pain in the ass. Yeah, I don't want to have to relearn really it. Is. And what's funny is I played it do with you think motion I should controls do it? You think on I should Wii become, U. like, that weird sleeper? This, the, the sleeper, like, yeah. god of Splatoon 2? I mean, like, it's funny, man. Like, I said before, Switch is really good about having these games that they have long legs for me. Like, I play them for one to four months at a time. <laughs> and I really think Splatoon 2 is going to be one of those ones that come October, I will still be playing this. Turf War is just so addicting. The ma- the matches are the perfect amount of time. They're three minutes long. It's yeah, like, they're really short. It's yeah. crazy. And it's just enough for you to be like, you know what, I can get one more in. They're really not that bad. Like, yeah. And you just keep getting sucked and into it. And the queues it. are very fast. Yeah, the queues are fast. The, um, I haven't had really any server issues. Um, the... The, the gear you can unlock is cool. I like being able to customize my squid slash kid. I don't know, man. I love this game. I, I really do. I'm, I think I'm more infatuated with the crazy art that people have on their cards that than is I am like with actually playing the game. Mind-blowing. I don't know how people have the patience to make all those. So if you're not familiar, in Splatoon 2, you can go into the Inkopolis Square, which is like just like a lobby kind of thing, like a hub of sorts. But they show the most recent players that you've played with. And a lot of the people that play the game have these little drawings similar to like if you've seen Miiverse um, in these it's little speech like bubbles. That. And some of them are just like the dankest memes I've ever seen in my life. A lot of furry stuff around there now. Yeah, yeah. There was one where it was like, 
um, when you win and lose a match, it's like good guys, bad guys. And they have like the bad guys is like that little fat cat or whatever. And he's like smiling like an idiot. And they just like drew that cat like perfectly. And they're like, if he's bad, I don't want to be good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I'm loving yeah, it. There's man. a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Yeah. I, um, I've actually been playing it handheld over the past couple of days because I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden my Nintendo Switch Pro Controller is being real not good. Really? I hit down on the D-pad. It hits down like seven times. Um, I hit up on the D-pad. It goes like three times. It's what if you plug really directly weird, in? Man. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe maybe I that. should do that, but um, it's if not, send it out before you know the year's up. They all have. I think they all have a year warranty on it. Well, you just send it directly back to Nintendo. Yeah, you just put in a support ticket with Nintendo and say like, hey. My my controller's all done busted, just like that, and then they'll try and Nintendo, understand you. Nintendo, my controller, my controller's all is done, done busted. Shoot, shoot! What you gonna do about that? <laughs> you gonna take care of it for me? You gonna take care of that controller for me? Probably should. <laughs> I'd be really nice of you. Get your fat ass back here. I can't do it. I'm tired. (coughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, wait, did you play Shantae? I did. I started that today, actually. Uh, Well, I will will tell you what the first three paragraphs of my review say so far that I'm not done with. Okay. Uh, The reason I bought this game is because people told me that it was a Metroid-style game. And I started playing it, and I was like, this doesn't feel anything like Metroid. This feels like Mario. And then I played some more of it, and I played another level, and uh, I was like, yeah, this feels like Mario. And then I played another level, and I was like, this actually doesn't feel like Mario. What does this feel like? And then I played the third level or whatever. It's the mermaid level, I think. And I was like, this doesn't feel like Metroid or Mario. This feels like Mega Man. Um, huh. It feels like Mega Man, but with no gun. Uh, and basically the only so it's powers like you have... on Super Nintendo? Yeah. The only powers <laughs> that you have are, like, rush powers. Like, I, like the, I got my first, uh, my first transformation dance, which turns me into a monkey, which lets me climb up walls and jump really high. Um, and it's like, it's like, it's just like having a rush ability. Interesting. It's like having the rush coil or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um... And, like, it was just little things where I started to pick up. I was like, uh, the the placement of the enemies isn't like Mario, where they're just kind of wandering around and how you react to them is kind of up to you. They're like Mega Man, where these enemies are placed to make platforming more difficult. Yeah. Um, and you don't really have a lot of life. And I don't, I don't know. It's just It's just really weird. Are you enjoying um, it? I am the I'm getting a, I'm getting vibes like I got from Oceanhorn. Um and like you get from other games like that, like just the a little bit like, of thinness. Yeah, it's like this could be better and I see what they're trying to do. But you're well, not who you think you it's, are. <laughs> it's ch- it's charming. Yeah. I will give it that. And it's definitely slick. But there's kind of an emptiness to its slickness. Like, it doesn't feel like a thick, like, fully, 
I don't know. It just feels. I've only seen like two enemies ever. Yeah. Or three, no, three, I've seen three enemies so far, and I've done three different levels. And um, in the first like one or two levels, there was literally only one enemy the entire time. Oh wow! And they're the same skin, and so I was. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it was just like, like I, I it feels see, kind of thrown I thrown together, or like. I mean, and not in a way that like it's unplayable, but in a way where it's like the creativity isn't all that it could be. Well, I think I think the issue is, and and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Shantae Half Genie Hero is the first game in that series, so I'm wondering if maybe wait what that can't be right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was ported to Switch. It didn't just. It this didn't is, just come out, but Shantae's been coming out since, like, Game Boy Color. Has it really? Oh, yeah. They've been making Shantae games for years. Isn't this a remake of the of the first one? It very, or is it, it not? It could be. I, um, I don't know. I know. I have no idea, and now I feel like a moron for not having no, done my research. That's totally fine. Just keep talking. I will look this up. Uh, but it's definitely cute. I definitely like it. It's just, it's kind of... It feels to me like a like a popcorn game, whereas you know something like Ori would be something like really meaty that I would like. It's I don't know. I like it. I'm definitely going to keep playing it. Uh, keep playing it for sure. So there's we have Shantae on Game Boy Color, Shantae Risky's Revenge, which is the one that I played on PS4. I didn't play it all the way through. Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. And Shantae, Half Genie Hero, which is the one we're currently discussing. Wait, so is this the most recent one? This is the most recent one. Jeez. Interesting. Okay, well, that changes things. If this is literally... Is this the fourth one in the series? The fourth game in the series, Shantae, Half Genie Hero, was crowdfunded via a Kickstarter campaign in 2013. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, I mean it's it's good. I'm gonna keep playing. Like I, it's I've only got one of the forms. There are three left, um, so I'm I may feel differently when I get to the end of the game. But right now it feels um, it feels pretty simplistic, but enjoyable in a way that another simplistic platformer didn't. Like uh, Mutant Muds, which is a game that I really did not like. Really? Yeah. It's funny. I almost started playing that last night. I have. I think one and two on my PS4, and I was like, I should really try those out. And then I was like, Nah, Pyre. Yeah, I I think you probably made the right decision. I am. I would be really interested to hear what you thought. Like, there are good ideas. People are in crazy it, about those, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> like that. Like the, that game is really weird in like a kind of bullshit nonsense way. Wow. Like there's just there's stretches where the platforming is jump from tiny thing to tiny thing while a guy is, like, this close to knocking you off instantly, basically. it's I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff in there that's... The the, the platforming is difficult in an obnoxious way. Yeah. Um, it's like it's trying to punish you for something you didn't do. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's Yeah, I, it just did not grab me. Like, I, I tried it. Mutant Muds Deluxe on on uh, 3DS. Everybody was like, "Oh man, yeah, this game," and I'm like, "Oh man, no, not this game <laughs> at all." Um, but I don't know, I don't know. 
Like, I like the, the foreground, background 3D stuff. Like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could do a lot with that. Like, um, there's stuff that's done with that in uh, Rayman Legends. To great effect, I think. Oh, God. Um, I can't wait to replay that. But uh, are you going to get it when it comes to Switch? Oh, absolutely. Are we going to have to play through some stuff co-op? Yeah, please. That game is online co-op? Surely. Did it better. Now I'm all excited. You, if me, Jess, and Audrey against the world? Are you if it doesn't, I'm sorry. Me, Brian? <laughs> if it doesn't, that's like the biggest letdown since, like, Suicide Squad. Yeah, that was a pretty big letdown. Yeah. For me, the biggest letdown since Man of Steel. Or, no, Batman vs. Superman. I don't know which one I'm more let down by. <sighs> it Batman has to be Batman vs. Superman. Man of Steel is not a bad movie. <sighs> it's it's one a dude. It, Man of Steel is just not bad. Like, it's okay, but, like, you can't even say that movie's bad. Yeah. This stuff on get, Krypton's I, so cool. That's like the least interesting part of the whole you thing. You are such a pile <laughs> of shit. All right, anyway. <laughs> God. Speaking of superhero movies. <sighs> we watched Spider-Man, didn't we? Hey, Spider-Man, do a flip. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, pretty great. That's the best part of that movie. And then he does. It was so good. And he's just like, oh, that was awesome. And then he runs away. <laughs> I fully thought he was going to give him shit. Hey, Spider-Man, do a flip. And he's going to do a flip. And then he's going to be like, ah. <laughs> but he didn't. He was actually impressed. So, yes. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming, probably um, the best Spider-Man movie, in my opinion. IMO. Arguably, neck and neck with uh, there with uh, Spider-Man Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. Like you can make an gonna, argument for either one. I was gonna make a case for Amazing Spider-Man two, just no. for sheer, no. just for sheer, sheer pathos. God, Paul Giamatti <laughs> is the Rhino. No, that was garbage. That's, that's metal for no reason. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> but, him be in some like bullshit CGI like Rhino skin suit. Get yeah, out of here. yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> 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 a bad but, movie. But like, but here's the thing. Here's I had to watch Emma Stone. Die, I was gonna say, Brian. <laughs> that's see. This is the thing. Died. It was the hardest the thing. thing I've ever seen. See, and that's what I'm talking about. It was terrible. It gets you. <sighs> that could, just because it it's Emma Stone. It's because it's freaking Gwen Stacy, man. Ah. <sighs> And uh, to be perfectly honest, in Spider-Man 3, Gwen Stacy was still better than Mary Jane. <laughs> because I don't come even on, remember Bryce who played her in Spider-Man Bryce 3. Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. I have to look this up. Are you kidding me? I haven't Ron seen Howard's Spider-Man daughter. 3 since the day it came out. Like, Ron le- Howard's daughter. the day it came out. Bryce Dallas Howard, who plays the mermaid in Lady in the Water, who plays, like, come on, dude. Oh, Dispatch. Yes. She totally was Gwen Stacy. Yes. Son of a bitch. She was awesome. And she was such a great person. Ugh. I'm I'm a Gwen Stacy dude, for real. Yeah, but she died and we all had to to watch. We just had to sit there and watch as the last breath left her body, Brian. How do you think that made me feel on that Saturday afternoon? Not good. 
How do you think it made me feel when Audrey was like, oh, oh God, oh God, no, oh no, are they doing this? Oh no. Yeah, and then she like, then there she was like sequel. genuinely, she was like genuinely weeby for like the next couple of hours. She yeah. She's just like, oh. She looked over to me later that night and like looked over to me and was like, Gwen. And I was like, yeah, I know. My, my <laughs> eyes were watering. It was brutal. It was and then we brutal, held each that other. was like the most powerful moment of all those movies. That was the pinnacle of those movies. Yes. That or like the really sympathetic, uh, like Otto Octavius kind of. They they really did a good job with Doc Ock in Spider Man Two. Uh, Spider Man, dude, Spider Man Two is fucking amazing. It's so good. The game was good. I'll never forget going into Blockbuster and the guy being like, "I'm like, I'm like twelve. I'm like, yo, but how Spider Man Two though?" He was like, "You can climb to the top of the Empire State Building and jump off and then swing away and not die." And the game doesn't crash. And I was like, I don't believe you. Give me it. And then it, I did it. And it was amazing. Nice. That's my pinnacle Spider-Man game moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think mine would be the one from the Super Nintendo. Ultimate uh, Carnage? Not, not Maximum. It's Maximum, maximum Carnage, Carnage, first sorry. of all. Maximum Carnage. You're uh, right. And, then, and it's also not Separation Anxiety. Uh, I'm trying to remember the one. It was there's it was, one just like Spider-Man vs. Venom, isn't that one? It's not that one. Basically, the idea is that um, Smythe, Doctor Octopus, and like uh, Vulture and some other people break out of um, what is it like Ravencroft? I can't remember what it's called, but like the uh, the asylum or whatever. Uh, and it was so cool. But, like, you could turn into, like, the black suit Spider-Man if you got, like, different power-ups Is and that stuff. the one that's, like, based on the animated series? You know what? It might be. I think it is. I think it was just called, like... I think it's just Spider-Man the, the game or yeah, something. Yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man or yeah, something yeah, yeah. something like that, yeah. But he, like, walks a lot. Yeah. And he's, like, he's like kind of bulky. And, uh, yeah, oh, man, oh, I, I wish you that. guys could have seen, like, the little strut that Brian just did. It's exactly what I had he does it, in dude. the game. Yeah. Man, I gotta find that game. I should play that on a stream, just like like revisiting. That'd be a fun like games. random one. Yeah. Yeah, just like a just like a one off. I was never able to beat that game. I beat Doctor Octopus a number of times. I, the thing is, you had to like connect him. You had to like shock him with electricity or something. And he got up on like he got like really tall up. You had to kill the to shocker, and cut his fucking arm off. Oh god! And then just slap Doc Ock in the face, and feed him symbiote. And then... I think you and I played a different game. And then... <laughs> eat a pumpkin bomb and poop it out. And then throw it at him. I and that's Chris how you beat up. him. I think Chris has been up too long. That's how but, you beat uh, him, Brian. But one of the interesting things about, about Spider-Man Homecoming is... After I got out of it, uh, I went to the library. I actually spent a lot of time uh, at the library picking out comics and reading through different comics and stuff like that. I, I've been on a real kick once I found out that the library... Uh, near my house has just like yeah you said last week you were reading a lot of batman yeah and i picked up a ton like i picked up a pile like probably a foot and a half um (laughs) tall of just comics see you next week (laughs) yeah yeah uh superman batman wonder woman um i got old man logan um i got spider-man with miles morales um, which we'll get into. I got some DC Rebirth stuff. Like I think I got the uh, volume one of the Batgirl one, Batgirl Burnside. 
I got Flash. I got uh, the Constantine one, uh, Hellblazer. I got like a, a bunch of comics um, and read through a lot of them. And let me tell you, man, they're freaking really good. I had a lot of good, a lot of fun reading through these things. And I'm not even close to being done. Like, I'm probably going to check out as many as they'll let me. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, and I realized as I was reading through, I picked up just a Spider-Man Miles Morales one. I don't, I don't know, like what it was, where it was from. It was just kind of a one-off, but it seemed like the one that was maybe the most approachable. And I'd heard so many things about Miles Morales when I started reading it. I was like, wait a second, this is like the movie. Like his best friend is like a really big Asian dude. Oh. And I was like, did they just take this from, like the Miles Morales comic? Did they have? We- the scene in it well all right so we're gonna get into spoiler territory a little bit with this just because i am curious um there's a scene in homecoming where he's crushed by the ac unit like after vulture like tears down the building yeah yeah um is that in the comic book this isn't like a straight up like the story wasn't the same okay it was just like elements of like Miles Morales's life as Spider-Man that I kind of looked like they took from the thing. So like the love interest looked to be the same. I, I couldn't remember if it was the same girl or not, um, but like she looked just like the the love interest from the movie. Okay. Um, and like the friend looked the exact same, and there was like scenes of them in the cafeteria and stuff like that. And I was just like, this is really this really smacks of. Like homecoming, yeah. Um, but let's 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 get into like what we actually think about homecoming because I think I'm curious to know what you think makes this so good because for me the the twist is what makes it really awesome. So if you're if you're if you haven't seen Spider-Man: Homecoming, skip ahead probably I don't know five ten minutes ten minutes yeah sure something like that like ten fifteen minutes. Um, because we're gonna go into it. I don't know how in depth we're gonna get, but just be safe. I'll, I'll I'll maybe put like a little tag in here. It's been about a month since I've seen this movie, so I'm hoping I. Brian's gonna r- remind me of things. I'm gonna go, oh yeah, and get all excited probably. So, so there were a couple of a couple of qualms that I have with the movie, but let's start with the strengths. Uh, first of all, Tom Holland, fantastic Spider-Man. He's He's amazing. He's so believable as um, as a high school kid. Yeah. I did find him at times to be a little much. Yeah. For me. Like a, little, there were, a little extra? Yeah. Like, there were just a little bit extra. He just needed to tone it back a little bit. Um, you no, know, he just, you know, he's a very excitable kid. You know, I would be too if I were Spider-Man. But, like. Absolutely. There were so many moments where I... Like, I, I think I saw it on a Friday, like, after work. I was like, this kid needs to just shut up. Like, he, he, I need him to dial it back. Yeah. Because it's just too much. Um, and I it, feel like that means that he kind of nailed it, though, because that, that's most of Peter the villains and, and other people in his world are like, man, just maybe, like, three or four notches down, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm, I know that was intentional. Um, and, like, I get it, but, like, I don't know if it was just my mindset that day or something, but I was just like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Relax, yeah. kid. So I mean, about a long worked. week, kid. Just shut up. <laughs> shut up and fight some bigger spiders than you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, I, I, f- the the, I enjoyed the movie. 
uh, I thought it was fun. It was like a nice popcorn action flick. You know, some feel-good moments there. But the place where the movie really got my attention was in the middle. The cars. Where, where well, well, yes. Well, the homecoming dance, really. Yes. When the tension got ramped up. Like, it was as soon as he got to her house. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. At first, I was like, oh, crap. This guy killed her whole family and is just, like, in this house and waiting for him. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, Maybe nope. he's got some other people in there playing with him. Like, maybe acting this out. Oh, God, no, this is real. <laughs> this, this is, is absolutely real. And what the hell are the chances of this happening? Yeah. Now, of all the gin joints in the world. <laughs> did you, you know what I mean? And you didn't see, like, any of that coming at all? No. So, how was your theater like kind of full when you saw it, or no? No, okay. I was I was one of two people in the theater. Okay, so I saw it like opening night, and there was like an audible gasp when when he the way when he Michael the door. when uh, Michael Keaton opens the door, and he's just like, "Hey, you must be Peter," and like he's very you know relaxed. He's in his own home, but the second you realize, holy shit, he's her dad, um, the entire thing. <gasps> Like, collectively i haven't had that yes. happen in so long it was amazing <laughs> and that that happened to me too and then i was no joke like grabbing the edge of my seat like like, te- like my whole body was tense for the whole scene in like basically until the fighting broke out yeah uh and it and that's that is like 10 minutes maybe oh it, it goes on forever and like feels, and the whole and they time make you feel every second of it and it was so good and like michael keaton the way that he like toys with peter like in those 10 minutes like you can tell like even like as an actor like he's just like i am having so much yep. fun just screwing yep. with everyone watching this right now like yep it but and at the same time like my one of my favorite parts of the movie no joke is like the first 10 minutes of it um, because you see, it's when uh, it's right after the Avengers movie. You see Michael Keaton oh, and all yeah, his him guys doing the selfie videos. Yeah. Well, no, they're they're ripping apart all of the um, the Chitauri oh, weaponry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, like that's world building. Like that, I eat that shit up. Um, yeah. And it because those just, things had to go somewhere. Right. Like it, it's in New York City. Like you know, most populated areas in the world, and somebody had to do something with all that equipment. Um, so I loved that it showed real people having the job to have to get this equipment out of here, then being screwed over by somebody like Tony Stark, which would totally happen in that situation. Um, and being like, no, I have a family I need to feed and times are tough and the world's going to hell. Look at what happened in Russia and what happened in New York and all these other, places and all the other Avengers movies um, I need to be able to defend for my family and like it's the only it's one of the only like villains that I've seen that I like you don't even feel that bad for him you're just like like I get why you're doing this yeah I understand your motives and you're just trying to be there for your kids and your wife and everything but like he's I mean he's basically 
poor man Tony Stark. Yeah. Like. And, and he he gives that speech. Where and he knows like, it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And he gives that speech um, when he's like yeah. monologuing to Peter in the the build the one building towards the end, like before their big fight, where he's like, "Guys like you and me, we." don't stand a chance like all we can do is just be the worker bees for everybody at the top like yeah um you know and you Which can try to true. work your way up your entire life but ultimately a lot of these people are born from privilege and they're going to stay that way um and it's it's such a relevant conversation to what's happening in the world right now yes um so like even that like they they managed to bring that yeah like they managed to bring that conversation into it so like a the, spider-man movie about classism yeah there were so many aspects of it that i was just like god like I, I i can't feel bad for this guy and it's michael keaton like you can just tell he's just having such a great time yeah like he is experiencing this character's life like this this might be my favorite spider-man villain ever which like what's funny is going into it they don't really hype up like like the trailers and everything, you really didn't see a whole lot of Vulture. You just you knew he was the villain. You knew Michael yeah. Keaton was playing him. Yeah. And um, and you knew he looked cool as hell. Yeah. You you with maybe the freaking saw bomber a scene, jacket. Yeah. Like the, there's there was the scene on the boat where you know that's really I think the first time you see him fight Spider Man. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I mean, they really didn't do a lot in the, like the promotional videos. So like, but like I remember seeing like when Spider-Man 1 came out, Spider-Man 2, like, Green Goblin was everywhere, and, like, Doc Ock yep. was everywhere. Like, yep. they didn't push Willem that for this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? it was so yeah. iconic. Um, and to have he this character that, that like, nobody really gives a shit. Like, when Vulture comes up, it's like, really? This guy's, like, 80 years old. Nobody gives a shit about him. He's literally a flying bird. Like, they yeah. managed to make that cool. Yep. They managed to make it really cool. Yeah. I thought, like... I was like, dang, this guy's, this guy's beast. And it's not like I didn't have faith in Marvel. Um, yeah. But it was the fact that they... It's an interesting choice. Yeah, like, I, I had very little faith in that villain specifically. But I think that they made a good move going with a villain that nobody has seen because that makes it... The I think the biggest triumph of this film is that it's not an origin story. Um, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a coming of age tale, kind of, of Spider Man, but also um, uh, I don't know if you've heard that they're going to be making uh, two more, at least two more of these, mm-hmm. uh, with Tom Holland as Spider Man, and the point that he made and the thing that he said he's the most excited about is that. He's not going to be full-fledged Spider-Man and he isn't at the end of Homecoming. Like he's not he's not a master no. of his powers. No, and he's, he, you know, he says like, you know, they they offer him everything and he's just like, "No, I'm not. I want to do this on my own accord and yeah, for a while now." Yeah. And, and still, it tees a lot of cool stuff. Well, that and it still it gives him like a, a Spider-Man aside, like he still gets to be Peter Parker. He's still a high school kid. Yeah. He's not giving that up just for the quote-unquote Stark internship. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's. There's a lot of ways to botch a reboot, especially for Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I mean, Spider-Man is one of the most recognizable and most beloved 
you know, superhero characters all over the world. Like, people love Spider-Man. There's a reason for that. He's he's relatable. Yeah. He's flawed, and he's weak in a lot of the similar ways that we are. Um, and he's he's just a good... He's just a good kid. You know, who's trying to do right by the world. And it's hard. Um, which is the same struggle that you see in a lot of superhero movies, but you don't often see it with a kid. Yeah, um, I think that's the the biggest takeaway from it. Yeah, and uh, and also I think they, uh, while they managed to dodge the pitfalls of doing a reboot and kind of doing an origin story, but not really, like jumping in past the origin point, uh, but still when the hero is kind of still you know, testing the waters with or something like that, yeah, trying to figure out what they can do, yeah, um, is pick a villain that hasn't been done before. Yeah, and a lot of iconic villains already been done. We've already had Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, Venom, Sandman, Doctor Octopus. I mean, the Lizard. You know, Electro. We I mean, we had Green Goblin twice. Oh, that's right. Jamie Fox was Electro, not Shocker. I always get that mixed up. Yeah. Shocker was in this one though. For uh, well, about five yeah. about five minutes. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool what they did. Now, what did um, you think of the end of it, though, with uh, the the post credit scene with Scorpion? With Scorpion? Scorpion was, he's in the prison, and the guy's talking to him like, heard you know who the Spider-Man is, but the bad. Oh, I didn't know that was Scorpion. He has a Scorpion tattoo. That's, like, how they allude to oh, that. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so, like, I would imagine he's got a suit somewhere that basically turns him into the Scorpion, because that guy in no way shape or form looked like a giant scorpion man yeah yeah yeah. i mean scorpion had a suit it just got fused to his body yeah um so yeah i'd imagine i'd imagine he probably i don't i I don't know what do you think you think that vulture is coming back for him i don't think he'll come back for him i think you think he's just gonna leave well enough alone i see him either leaving well enough alone or i see him becoming almost like a puppet master of sorts for all these other villains where he he doesn't have enough like he knows that this kid saved his life and he is just trying to do the right thing and like granted that screwed Michael Keaton's yeah. character over in the long run but like but I think he gets it too. he gets yeah his his view of Spider-Man is all of our views, views of, him. of him yeah yeah I could see him like not wanting to share the information because he wants to bring it back to his doorstep. Yeah. When he gets out. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see if they, they have to do something with him in the future. Like they, that can't be the end of the vulture. It can't, it just can't. It's too good. It's too, that's the thing. It's too good, but I don't know what you do with it. It's not like he would show up in like infinity war be like, I'm gonna help Thanos. No. Like, he's not. No, gonna do no, that. no. It would have to be in another Spider-Man movie. Yeah, that would be a cool thing for like the third. Have everything, have everything come home to roost. Well, and, like he pisses off people though? in the second one, and then would it? That's I, what I they all I said about Spider-Man three. I don't know. It was just too much. But no, but you can do it better than that. Yeah, you almost have to do it better than that. Just <laughs> don't give, have uh, a dance down the street. Give Tom don't. Holland an emo haircut. You and and guyliner. The, the problem, the problem with three, <laughs> is that you can't do. You can either do 
Black Suit Spider-Man, or you can do Sandman, or you can do Hobgoblin. Or, and, and you can't do, like, Venom is his own thing. I can't believe they didn't realize that. Like, like Venom is so big like, and while it's so huge. It. There are so many, like, you don't need Green Goblin and Hobgoblin and Sandman if you have the symbiote. The symbiote, Black Suit Spider-Man and Venom is its own thing. Like, yeah. it's internal struggle matched with an external struggle of against a character that can do everything you can but better. And, like, that's... That's the thing. That's the theme of the thing. Why didn't you understand that? Ugh. So aggravating. I want that Venom movie to be so good so badly. So did I, because Venom is my favorite Spider-Man. No, 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 the new one. Oh, what do you... What? The... Do you not know about this? The new Venom movie? Tell me now. They're coming out with a Venom movie and Tom... Or not Tom Holland. um, Oh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is Venom. (sighs) Guys. It's gonna be so good. He's just, like, so great at playing characters that, like, he either doesn't speak or doesn't show his face. He's perfect for that. He's like, oh, you're a hulking man and we don't need to see all of you. That's fine. You can be You know what? He's also really good at movies where you do see his face, like Inception. Yeah, but he doesn't talk a lot. And he doesn't talk a lot in Mad Max. And I haven't seen Mad Max. I need to see that. Oh, Mad Max is so good. Yeah. But, no, I mean, one last thing on Spider-Man, for me at least. Um, I'm glad that it felt like a Marvel movie and not a Sony movie. That was refreshing. Yes. Yes. If this is what um, Sony Marvel collabs look like, um, let's uh, let's let's get some more of those. Yeah, that'd be great. Because uh, this this had, I mean, it had basically everything I was looking for. Yeah. Um, which is funny because I was talking to a friend of mine and he said and he said interesting. Uh, that's uh, a uh, a movie that I don't need to see ever again. He's like he's like yeah really yeah yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he was like, Wonder Woman? Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch more than once. Mm, Spider-Man? Probably only once. And he was talking about, you know, other movies and things like that, and he was just like, yeah, it's just, it was good, but, yeah. Didn't really grab me. I was like, man, okay. There are definitely some scenes, like, uh, one of the one of the big problems that I have, now that we've, like, gone through, we've lavished praise upon this yeah. movie, you know, pretty pretty heavily. We've laid it on pretty thick. I don't know how I feel about the huge Tony Stark presence. He lo- he looms like a shadow over the movie. Yeah, um, but he he also he is the motivation behind Peter Parker doing everything yeah, he's doing. Yeah. It's and, 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 he, and I, I, didn't I think feel he was really in it mixed too on it. much. Personally, I didn't think he was in it too much. Um No, but he's like the he's like he's the driving the reason, force for He's the reason Peter. why a lot of stuff happens. Yeah. And the stuff that happens, why it happens, how it does. But a lot of it, too, is, like, it's not it's not him directly doing it. It's Peter reacting to the lack of communication that he gives him. Yeah. It's yeah. like, he's not, it's, he's not talking to me, so I should just do this thing. And then XYZ happens, and the plot yeah, unfolds. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's... I think it's just it, a, a it works, reacting to... It works really, really well. And it serves a point really really well but i just don't know how i feel about it in in much the same way that i don't know how i feel about 
Civil War is Captain America 3. You know what I mean? Like, no. It's a Captain America movie, but it's not actually a Captain America movie. Yeah, that's a, not really it's a Captain an Avengers America movie. movie. Yeah. Um, but it is a Captain America movie because it's Captain America 3 Civil War. You but all I mean? the all these movies that... Avengers movies anymore, like... They're going to do that. Like, with the exception and, of, like, I think Ant-Man just, being the exception. Maybe that's just it. Maybe that's Maybe that's the thing, and I'm just not used to my i'm used to my x-men movies having only x-men well that was the thing like for years i'm used to my spider-man movie having only spider-man in it yeah iron man one two and three were about iron man and that was it and only iron man iron man and war machine but they're the freaking same dude come on well that's but that's what i mean you're still iron man is gonna show up in an iron man comic you know what i mean iron man and silver iron man basically i'm not gonna see scarlet witch in there you know and and it's cool and it I guess if this is the direction that it's going to go, if it's going to be reliable and it's going to be as high quality as it is, which I, I don't know why I'm like even questioning it because they're they're doing such a great they know job what they're doing that. and like they haven't screwed up. the it's, The worst thing that could happen is we all walk out of Infinity War and we're like, it was okay, they're, but like that can't happen. It just can't. It'll it'll at least be good. Yeah. And that's the thing. The weird thing is, for me. In the in the Marvel movies, it's like they're pretty much all sevens and eights. Like I don't think any of them is like really exceptional, like one of the best movies I've ever seen. Or Except like for Guardians of the, of the Galaxy. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, goodness. Yeah, you got like a crazy cough going that was, on. That was that was something else. I need to watch the original Guardians again. Yeah, you do. Um, so does everyone. Before. Go watch it. What are you doing? <laughs> They're listening to a podcast turn right now. Turn it off and go watch Guardians. Don't tell them to do that. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess it's fine. Come and get your love. Best opening sequence of like any movie. Period. He just raises his hands in the air. He kicks the mole rat. The title screen shows. Come and get your love. We should watch that together. We should figure out how to do that. We should freaking stream and just watch them. If only I could hold your hand <laughs> over the internet. <laughs> if only. Surely we have to have that technology. Surely um, the military has already developed it. I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's It was good. It was good. That was way more than freaking te- five, ten minutes. Whatever the hell it was. Yeah. It's a it was good, good movie. It was really good. It was really good. I'm ready. I'm ready for more. What's the next thing coming out? Like I want to say Man or something. Black Panther. Oh yeah, no. Justice League's coming out no, this year. No, Thor. Right? Thor comes out next. Thor comes out. Yeah, I want to say yeah, October, Ragnarok. November, and then which looks awesome. And, and then, then Justice League. In, uh, Justice League, which is going to be a turd. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I don't want it to be a turd. I'm sure I'll I'll defend it for a year. I want it to be really really good. I want it to be really Jason good. Momoa looks so good. He's he does, but like, but like the thing when he goes through the when he like slides through the building, I'm just like, that doesn't look good. That doesn't make sense. Why'd you do that, Zach? Come on. You, you want to know? You want to know the weird thing about this? The thing I'm most excited about in this movie is Flash. I think he. I'm most interested in what's going to happen with that. He's either going to be the best or worst part of that movie. Cyborg, no one is going to give a 
flying Fuddrucker about. And well, it's just because I don't like the fact that Cyborg is in that movie instead of Green Lantern. I think Wonder Woman's going to be the best part of the movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because she's the because only one they've Woman. gotten right. Yeah, and she knows best. how much of a badass she is. Did you hear about the Superman thing with Henry Cavill? What? The mustache? Did you hear about this? No. So they're doing reshoots for Justice League like right now, while they're while Henry Cavill is filming. Um, Mission Impossible 6. In Mission Impossible 6, he has like a beard and mustache. So they have to go through all of his scenes and digitally etch out all of his facial hair for Justice oh, League. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, for all the reshoot scenes. Because I was going to say... Like they're just filming him like in the full Superman suit with the. Because I've been, I've been going dark. Let me tell you this. About Justice League, I have been going full media blackout for justice league okay because i feel like the biggest problem that i had with batman versus superman was that i basically saw the movie before i even stepped into the theater that one trailer that aired what was it i think it was before the super bowl yep um had gable, it had everything in it, it like you could yep. watch that trailer and not watch that movie yep because you saw everything yeah uh, and so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to ramp up Justice League and by not knowing anything about it and yep. going and being surprised by everything. And I think that's just the way I kind of have to be with movies because people are just being really stupid with their trailer construction and the stuff that they give away. You can't give it away. You give people one, give people one breadcrumb to get them into the theater. Yep. Give them one cool shot and then let that be it. I still say... If your trailer for the movie is longer than 30 seconds, you're doing it wrong. Spider-Man did a good job with it where they had extra scenes that weren't in the movie, as did Star Wars Force Awakens by far had the best trailers of any movie that's come out in the past probably ever. I'm going to go with The Last Jedi has a better trailer. No, but the difference is we don't know what is in the movie. Yeah, we don't know what that's good. That's the Uh, problem. Well, let me tell you, I get shivers. I get chills every time I watch the last Jedi trailer. Yeah, me too. For real. Oh, my God. I can't wait for them. How did we not talk about that? We talk about that like once a month at least. (sighs) We're getting close. We are getting close. I can't take it, dude. I can't take it. Every now and then, do you follow Darth Vader on Twitter? What, the depressed Darth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. He, like, every now and then tweets out, like, so many days until Last Jedi. I'm like, ah, Darth. Ah. Shucks. Darth, you know exactly what I want. <laughs> you How do you know me so well, Darth? How do you know me so well, Darth? You want to talk about uh, something else or you want to get out of here? We should talk about one thing that we haven't talked about that is the most important thing that's happened all week, Brian. Okay. I put on Twitter this morning the best news I've heard <laughs> probably ever. Probably ever. That Atlas announced they're making Persona... Not only... Brian? Not only are they making Persona 5... dance. It's not Dancing All Night, but that's what I'm going to call it. Persona 5 Dancing All Night. They're also making Persona 3 Dancing All Night, and they're coming out the same time on PS4 and the motherfucking Vita. 
in spring of 2018. Wait, How? is one coming out on one and one on the other? They're both coming out on both. Damn, dude. I Congrats. can't wait to just obsess over those games for a solid now, two weeks. Now I'm going to call you out because earlier I said, <sighs> he's told you. What happened. Here's what happened. We got into some shit on Twitter in our gold group chat because Brian was like, oh, I told you this is going to come out. I, I told you, you little silly goose. I was like, shut the hell, Brian. You don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, actually, I do. It's documented on the podcast. And I said, put up or shut up. And he didn't do that, but he did remind me of the conversation that we had. And as soon as he started talking about it, I was like, shit, he totally said that they were going to make another dancing game. Because his whole thing was he wanted them to make another arena fighting game, which they haven't announced. But who they the hell cares? We have two new music games coming out. Yeah. And I realized something, Brian, in this announcement. Um, the rhythm game, the music genre game, a lot of people say okay. is dead. It is not dead. It's, not dead. it's just taking different forms. It's taking different forms, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with it not being rock band. Um, There's like Amplitude and Thumper. Yeah. And like, like, I'm totally cool with all of these. Um, and. The, and what's uh, that VR game? Um, um, the, VR you know what I'm talking about, right? Har- oh, Harmonics. That's one of them. No, that's not the one I was thinking of. I have no is idea. It, is, it, is it a rhythm game? Maybe it's not a rhythm game. I don't know. The one where you like float through and then you like turn around and shoot stuff? Oh, Res. Res Infinite. Is that not a music thing? No, that's a music thing. You're right. Okay. That soundtrack's amazing. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that my bread and butter is the... Like Hatsune Miku elite beat agents, if you will, um, where they're just yeah, playing I'm the song eh, and I'm you any of those games. Oh my god, <laughs> they're playing music and you just hit buttons that go with the timing of it. That's all I need out of life, and I'm getting or like Pat Upon, which just you know the remaster. I I tried playing that last night while Jess was like typing something up on the computer, and she literally like took the control out of my hand. She was like, "If you're going to do this." I have to go in the other room. Are you going to continue playing this? Because <laughs> she like thought it was the most annoying thing ever. It probably is if you're not playing it. If you're not playing it, it totally is. All that game does. That's the whole game. But it's so fun. Um, so yeah, like music and rhythm games. I need more of them in my life. Bottom line. I think the last one I played was like Sound Shapes or something. Sound shapes. I love sound shapes. It was great. Yeah, that's a great game. Um, but like, there's no Hatsune Miku coming on Switch anytime soon, and I already beat Persona Four Dancing All Night. So I've got Hatsune Miku on Vita, and they announced Taiko Drum Master is coming out in Asia. Oh my God! Which means it's gonna have English subtitles, which means I can totally import it and play it. And I'll have that nice. little fucking drum, and I can play it on my boom, coffee boom, table. Beep, 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 beep. Oh my god, it's a great day to be a Japanese music nerd. <laughs> but you're not Japanese, Chris. I am Japanese. You're American. Um, <laughs> what is that from? What? It's like we are speaking Japanese. I can't remember. I feel like that's a thing. I'm Maybe. really tired. I don't know. I'm really tired. Um, so yeah, Persona 3, I think it's Moon Knight, and Persona 5, oh, yeah, Star, Starry Night or something. 
Um, Story Night or Sunny Day or something. Something like that. They're coming out spring 2018. Also, Persona Q2 is coming out on 3DS. That was the yeah. That was a 3DS like dungeon crawler, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a first-person dungeon crawler. Or there are first-person parts of it. Kind of like like Sabrina Odyssey and stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't played it, but people like it. You haven't it. played Severed? No. You haven't played Severed or you haven't oh, played, I haven't Persona, played Q? Persona Q? Oh, okay. Neither have I. So, um, I told Jess next week, I think while we're down the shore, if it rains one day, we're going to start Persona 5. <gasps> I'm going to do it. Because once yes. this announcer came out, I was like, shit. I have to have contacts for these characters. I have to you care do. about them. And I need to know why they're dancing. Why are they dancing, Brian? I need to know. Like, what are their motives? So tell me, baby girl, cause I need to, to know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the characters in Persona Five are so good. And the the cool thing is, is that like Persona Three and Persona Five are my favorites. Like Four is good. Like Four Golden is really good. But like, if somebody was like, oh yeah, you can have Persona Five or Persona Three or Persona Four on whatever thing you want, I'd be like, okay, well, give me, give me Persona Three kind of fes on switch i hate how like you're sitting there telling me all this and the only one i've played is four and yet i'm like this guy's sitting here telling me that persona 3 is better than four what an asshole and persona 5 (laughs) is better than four i haven't played either of those games but still i'm like guy doesn't know what he's talking about they can't possibly be better (laughs) the characters in three are absolutely better i'm so mitsuru senpai oh yukari Yukari was my freaking girl in three. Oh man. But Rise. Rise Rise is but see here's Rise the problem. is Rise is like the ultimate waifu. Here's the thing, Chris. This is what you don't understand. In four, there's only one good girl, and it's Rise. No! In three, in three, there's two good girls. Oh. And in five, there's like three good girls. I don't believe you. I just have to play them. You can't, you're, you can't tell me that you went for Chie or Yukiko. <sighs> Considering I don't remember what Yukiko looks like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Chie there's basically... Sweet. I like Chie. Yeah, as a friend. Yeah. Yeah, she's the like best the best kind friend. of wife. Yeah. But. Come Marise. on. Marise. Now, did you get... Did you... Did you uh, did you go on dates with Marie or Maria or whatever her name is? Uh, I think it's Marie. No, I think I just like. I you went. Just, like, I went all, I was all about Rise. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, boo." Let's I played through thing. Persona Four two or three times. I only and, did. Uh, it. I actually like, never in, finished it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how it ends, it's, but. Uh, um. Oh, that twist though. It's real good. It's real good. It is. We should wrap this up. We really should. It's we really 1 should. It's it's really really late for my boy. Mm-hmm. For your boy. Homeboy's got to work tomorrow. Yeah. So thanks, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for chilling and listening to us talk. Episode fifty four of the platformers. Uh, if you had a good time uh, hanging out with us, hit us up on Twitter. I am at ribnax. R i b n a x. I. Ladies and gentlemen, M. Chris Schreiber. I'm available at Shrives ninety three. Um. Marty is available at Datnew, D-A-T-K-N-E-W. Um, he hasn't been on for the past two weeks. He's got some stuff going on. Um, we would really appreciate it if you sent him some love um, in the form of a tweet 
or maybe an edible arrangement, though I don't have his address. <laughs> but if you could find that out, I'd be pretty impressed. That would be really impressive. Yeah, and creepy. A little bit. Yeah, let him let him know how much you miss him on Dust Twitters. Yeah. He's a stellar boy. And we miss having him on the show. My little PC piece of shit. PC, PC Masteries. I love him so much. God. You can find us all corporately at Platformers Pod. Uh, and uh, I have been streaming my very first playthrough of Final Fantasy VI at uh, twitch.tv slash the platformers podcast and you should absolutely be watching it because it's ridiculous can i tell you who watched who watched big bill shriver was like why was brian playing this game that looks like it came out when your mom and i started dating and i was like because it did it's final (laughs) fantasy 6 and it's supposed to be dope he was like "Mm, all right you crazy kids keep doing your thing and i was like all right dad <laughs> that is amazing i didn't know why didn't he say anything I, he just told me tonight at dinner Ugh, he should have said something in chat if he was watching no i don't think he was in twitch i think it was like youtube or something oh okay okay yeah okay. yeah yeah it's fun i think i'm on like episode 10 or something like that no you're moving right along there buddy yeah, yeah, I've been streaming almost every day. <laughs> when I'm when I've got a time crunch, I haven't been doing it, especially recently, because it seems like um, it seems like I need to play for like at least like an hour and a half, two hours or yeah. something to like really get into it and stuff like that. So, um, so I'm gonna have a, a nice stream tomorrow or today if you're listening to this podcast on the day it releases. Um, but yeah, you should definitely, definitely, definitely go and follow us. Uh, over at twitch.tv slash the platformers podcast if you follow me on twitter i do tweet things out um when i'm going live and uh if you follow uh at platformers pod i retweet it over there so if you follow us any of those places you should get notifications when i'm going live and you should definitely watch because the chat is really crazy uh on the past couple of episodes there was somebody who was giving like straight up equations there were two people talking about different equations that were used to determine uh, random encounters in the game and Jesus. like getting really cr- yeah it was nuts I got into it's, that with seven for like a, a little bit um, yeah yeah some of that stuff's just crazy and like diminishing returns on magic and yep. strength yep. and like the damage calculations on that sort of stuff and like should I use the gigas uh, armlet or should I use you know the hero's ring or like different stuff. it's it's crazy there's a lot of crazy people in there and also we've got this in joke. Uh, because of a guy, uh, Soul Reaper W, I think his name was. Uh, he came in and was like, "What the hell game is this? Is this Pokemon?" It's <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'm playing this really popular Pokemon mod where it turns all your monsters into people. It's great." And then we just we just riffed on that for like a really long time. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. So if you want to have a good time and just hang out and chat with me, uh, definitely go over there because it's a blast. And, uh, I think when we get, when we start getting close to the end of this, uh, I'm going to take a poll and see what game I should start streaming next because I've had such a blast with this. We're going to keep this party train going. So yeah, you can be a part of that. Just hop over there. Um, you can review us and please do. It helps more people, uh, see the show. It helps us with our visibility. Um, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those sorts of places. Vote us up, share us, review us, stuff like that. Tell your friends about it. If you have friends that like just listening to podcasts or whatever, it's a cool thing. 
uh, you know, for people to listen to as they're traveling. I've heard from a lot of people that it makes their commutes go easier. It's something that they can just kind of chill out and listen to while they're at work. So share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. And until next time, we are out. <laughs>